This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The point I was making, asking how... like. The the one thing we just love to not acknowledge, Jordan absolutely did that. So did uh, dude who was being honored all weekend. He he mm-hmm. he did that too. Jordan quit twice. Like let's not forget that part. Like Jordan literally just stopped playing basketball completely. And we could talk about baseball. And we could talk about his dad. We could talk about all this. He was able to mentally refocus and come back and have one of the greatest stretches, if not the greatest stretch of basketball we've ever seen. Then he quit again. And then was like, you know what? I still love basketball. I'm going to come back and play. And no one will hold it against me. In 20 years, they're going to pretend like I didn't play for the Washington Wizards and that my last shot was, in fact, against Utah. But it's cool. I'm going to go out and I'm going to play really well for someone who's like 37, 38, 39. But the fact is, you combine all of that. What would you say, 14 years? That's just, I'm not exaggerating. How many years? Like Patrick Ewing ended his career. Like the Sonics, the Magic, playing for like multiple different teams because his, cause his career wound down. These guys are looking for ways to extend their careers. The, you talk about LeBron being a leader. You talk about Kobe being a leader. Kobe was trying to do what LeBron is doing now, but he, he, he had snaps and tears along the way where it just became clear, I can't do this anymore. But he was setting the tone of, of, of taking care of his body and, 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 and trying to elongate his career an extra however many years. That's what LeBron James is doing. Uh, the load management thing, I'm still trying to figure out where this started. Like, I remember the famous DNP old from, from Greg Popovich. Yeah. And Greg Popovich pulling all of his guys. It, 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 I don't even think Greg Popovich sent his guys uh, to a TNT game one night. Mm-hmm. I remember that being kind of the, the spark of the discussion. But I know Kawhi Leonard gets a lot of flack for it. Kawhi's trying to manage injuries. And so far... He seems to have done it really, really effectively. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, but he's, ultimately, what are – But he gets teased all the time for playing 40 games in a season. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. If he's averaging 16 points in November and he averaged – 20 something in December and now he's averaging like 28. Yeah, if I'm the Clippers, I'll take that. I'll take that. You played a couple of games, then you missed a couple. Now you're now you're, now we've determined he's on like a cycle of every 5 games. Mm-hmm. He's off. If that gives me this Kawhi Leonard, yeah, I'll take that. I'll happily take that. I just uh, I guess the 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 whole argument and 
like I want these guys to be as healthy as they can. I want them to make as much money as they can and play for as long as they can. So if this helps them do that, I understand it completely. My whole thing was like it, it's it's not it's not like people before you weren't able to play 78 to But I also games. like who who exactly are we talking about? We're talking like we're talking about a lot of the stars. No, 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 no. We, no, we no, got no, Jordan no. and he took his no, year no, off. No, no, no. Charles played. My apologies. Hakeem. I'm talking about now. What? Like, who are we talking about? Because. Uh, I mean, I, Ja took a took a night, took I, a couple nights. When he came to Sacramento last, oh, uh, yeah, I'm out tonight. I'm not playing. And then I think he played the next night in Golden State or two nights later in Golden State. Like, he wasn't, as far as we knew, maybe they, you know, knew things that we didn't. That's a possibility. But he wasn't hurt, so to speak. He just didn't play, and he geared up to play Golden State on ESPN the following Wednesday. I mean, okay, I, I feel like we can point at guy here, here, just so people don't think I'm playing favorites. I'll name two guys who at least attempted to play every night. One, y'all hate him, and that's Russell Westbrook. I don't hate him. He played every night and busted his ass. Mm-hmm. The other one is James Harden. James mm-hmm. Harden always wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Like those are two stars. I mean, I don't. Does Giannis load manage? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay. I don't know to what I, extent. Like I, I don't know if he's on the Kawhi plan, but Giannis Giannis will have games where he he doesn't he doesn't play. What was what game was that recently? I know he missed one me, me, recently, but I didn't know if that was yeah. if that was a DNP rest or yeah, I think something's going on here. Yeah. He's played 47 games this season. Giannis has? Yeah. I'm assuming they're probably around 60 games or so. Maybe 55. Let's just say 55 to be Take safe. a quick look. He had – he missed three games in a four-game stretch. <sighs> My God, he kind of is on a Kawhi plan. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's got – his is more of like every six. Then he has a stretch in he, – he had to have been hurt where he actually missed a ton of days in January. And then he hasn't missed a game since January 23rd. He's going to miss somewhat injury coming up. Um, yeah, and I think we're all in agreement. It should be a 70-game season or something like that. Like the season's a little too long. Um, but I also believe that the, when people talk about that, I don't think that'll change the the culture of what's going on. If the game, If the season is 70 games, then these guys will find a way to play 60. You know, like yeah, that 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 I I kind of agree with that, which is why it's like if you're gonna do that, don't don't shorten the season, which, right? Which goes into what I think Ant is getting at. It's a it's a culture, it's a mentality. It's not it's not because the season's too long. It's so I'm not gonna say culture. anything nice about that dude from Utah, Ugh. but I'll say this for the argument. Ruling out the last Lakers season, the 98-99 strike-shortened season, he played 80-plus games every year mm. for, take those two away, 16 seasons. Mm. That's a lot of basketball. Them, them dudes, them dudes and, and I'm not, seriously, I'm not trying to, you know, denigrate these guys today. I love watching these guys play or whatever. But they, those guys back then, they played every every night. Every night, and I was watching the game. Uh, I was watching the game over over the weekend, 
And, you know, I talk to this to my cousin Ace Ooh, about these things tough. all the time. He fell off a cliff. Patrick's, Patrick's off a tough. cliff. Yeah, his yeah. is really tough. He's also seven feet, though. You're like seven one, so you probably play. I feel like everyone in the damn league is seven <laughs> feet now. <laughs> right. He probably played longer than, you know, consistently longer than he probably he did. credit to. He did play 79 games at 38 years old, but that's surrounded by a bunch of he 62. broke his wrist on one of the year they made the fin- the Knicks made the finals. He broke his wrist, um, mm-hmm. but I was watching the game and and like I said, Ace always talks about. It. He's like, oh man, the league is soft, and you know you hear that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The league is soft. They they, they 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 played more physical back in the day, and I'm like, you guys got to stop disrespecting these, these dudes nowadays. Like they play a physical. Now you sound like JJ and. Uh... Dominique Wilkins. I thought Dominique, <laughs> Dominique was way out of pocket. Like, I didn't. I didn't see that. He basically. So again, why in twenty twenty three, Mad Dog, whatever is on television is something I don't mm-hmm. know. But I guess the new stick is for him to debate with JJ, JJ, yeah. uh, old versus new, and the it, it was Larry Bird's the greatest three point shooter ever, not Steph Curry, and you know guys of this era are soft. And JJ was like, I I, I think you're. I, I think you're romanticizing the physicality of basketball back then. Like basketball is still a very physical game. That's what JJ said. Uh-huh. And cause I, cause I, I, I read Dominique first and was like, yo, what did JJ say that made Nico at him like this? Dominique called him an idiot, Man, said he was stupid. And it's like, that's not, that's not way. Like JJ didn't, JJ didn't like JJ just said, you're, you're, you're undervaluing how physical the game is now. Mm-hmm. Like the game is still really physical. Um, and again, it, you can isolate anything. We can isolate Giannis or Kawhi and have these load management conversations. When people talk about the physicality of basketball back then, you're talking about mostly like you're, you'll bring up the clothesline, you'll bring up the Pistons, and then you'll bring up the Pat Riley, you know, Knicks and Heat teams. But pull up a random game from 1994, and you're not seeing an overly physical contest. We so, pulled up random game from 1981. 80, 80 is now that's something completely different. That is that is that is that is a whole nother. We level pulled up that game. We was like, defense. oh lord! But I, I bring that look like the All Star game this weekend. <laughs> really, I bring that up because. I was watching. Now, this was an NBA Finals game, so the intensity might have been ratcheted up. It was pretty physical. It was 98, no, 97. Maybe it was 98. It doesn't matter. Bulls Jazz. And I was just watching because I, I wanted to see, like, what the game was like. Super low scoring. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, in the 40s or 50s in the third quarter. Um, but I also didn't think it was – like, sometimes in, when I watch the 80s, I think it's low scoring or – the skill level looks different. I didn't think this skill level looked drastically different. It was the way they were playing the game. Everybody was walking it up. Mm-hmm. You know, weren't as many threes or whatever. But off the ball, it was pretty physical. And I and the only thing I thought about was like Ja and Trey Young because the Bulls were beating the hell out of Jeff Hornacek and John Stockton. Mm-hmm. There was a play when Pippen they were like kind of battling under the boards or whatever. Pippen just Oh, mm. back elbow to Stockton's head. No call. I don't know if they didn't see it or whatever. Stockton got in his face. They both got a technical for that. But they would try to get Stockton on these switches. They put that shoulder in his chest in the post. And I'm like, 
not saying they're not good, not saying they wouldn't adjust, because I believe they would all adjust to games like this. But Trey Young and John Morant don't have to deal with this. They don't have to deal with this today. And that's all I'm saying. I think, I think they're great. I think they're tough individuals. I think they're a product of their, the culture they play in now. So if they were transported in that day, they would adjust hmm. because they're great. But there is a, a different level, a different type of physicality that goes on today than back then. So I'll ask you a question and ask you to think about it. Mm-hmm. And everybody can think about this. Like, how and why did it change? Hmm. Uh, we'll come back. Um, update on Derek Carr, I guess. Derek Carr is bugging. Tripping. I, I don't think Derek Carr recognizes what's in front of him. And I want to. <sighs> Today was supposed to be the day Brock Purdy had surgery. No, oh, no. It was not. Yeah. I, I got I got well. bad vibes about that. Uh, I got bad vibes about Brock. Talk about it. James Ham, top of the hour here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Back here on Old Man in the Three. Here. <laughs> Ain't no lie. <laughs> Old oh, man, man show ever. Hey, man, it's some good stuff, man. I love it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed our talk. I'm today, divorcing man. the chatty house. I'm done with their asses today. <laughs> I want a new. I've enjoyed house. our talks today, of man. Of course you have. We love Kenny. You're so right, Kenny. They're soft. We're 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 That's... literally literally like four days away from them trying to flame me for my tiger take. That's true. That's... <laughs> and then it continued on social media, and I was like, nope. Oh, and then, and then people, uh, people. <laughs> Yeah, people People was like, ah, chill. You see who was on my side, though. I did. That that don't help. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I posted I posted that golf clip, and I felt bad for Kenny because of all the heat who's still getting on Twitter. I was like, I might have messed up <laughs> posting that one. People were still they, – they don't get what I was saying, bro. They don't get what I was saying. They will be like, he grew golf. That's, that's not my point. It's not my point at all. <laughs> well, that's why we have a radio show, and you get four hours to talk about that stuff, and they just get to bark at you on Twitter. <laughs> When I saw Ken Rudolph sign off on a Saturday morning, I was like, I'm leaving. I don't want any part of Twitter uh, ever uh, as we can bring some levity. We could, we could calm this show down uh, for the first cha- time in, 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 in two hours and bring our good buddy James Hammond. Fresh from King's practice. Hammer, what's happening? 
Oh, not a whole lot. You guys coming in hot today? What's going on? It, we just different thoughts on the All Star Game and All Star Weekend. It's just one of them days. <laughs> now you guys see why I didn't waste my money and go. Yeah, <laughs> but but like we we know what it is. Like everybody knows yeah. what it is, and to be upset about what it is or demand that it be different, it's probably just barking up the wrong tree. Like I don't know what the. I don't know the 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 the, the new ending is fun like but it, it didn't a, appear like so what I was going to like so the the whole game was nonsense mm-hmm. we all agree on that there's no mm-hmm. there's no question about that but they were goofing around to an even higher degree at the end trying to hit half court shots for the win Meanwhile, I don't remember what team at what team LeBron was mm. was cutting it like they were cutting <laughs> they into the, like the league. <laughs> like if it had gotten, would that have made it more exciting? If like they had tied the game, or like would would it, then all of a sudden, if the ending was great, would that have masked the well that nastiness of the game? I, I think that's always the the um, the deodorant to the All Star game, and that's what they ending. try with the Elam ending. They try to. As much as they can, like move it into a way where they think they can always have a competitive ending because that's when those guys will play. That's when we'll see as close as we can to those great guys uh, playing a, a real basketball game. In that particular case, I don't know if it would happen because that wasn't a great ending. That was just guys messing around, and the other guys were making layups while they were messing around for, for seven straight possessions, and it got close. So that's not the – the same exact thing, but I think that's where that's why I love the Elam ending, and I think that's why they incorporated it. They're always trying to find a way to get to a point where, in the end, these guys, the game's close enough where these guys will play. Because I think that's always, even in the the terribleness of the last decade of All Star games, there is the unwritten rule that they follow by, where if it's close, we'll play. We'll play to some degree. It doesn't have to be Game Seven of the NBA Finals. But if it's close in the fourth, we'll play. Mm-hmm. And that's where the league is trying to orchestrate where how do we make it where it'll always be somewhat close. So I get it. I, I think De'Aaron Fox's approach was probably the best approach out of anyone there. Like he's like, Okay, this isn't basketball. What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. It's like I'm not gonna go out there, I'm I'm not gonna get hurt. I'm not gonna do something silly that costs my team the the potential to go to the playoffs. I'm good. Like he missed a dunk, who cares? Like, that's it. And I think, you know, you had some guys out there stat hunting, and he's like, okay, that's not what I'm going to do here. I'm not going to stat hunt. And, uh, you know, the the building wasn't even full. They didn't even sell it out. So, like, I, to me, it was about as big a disaster an all-star weekend as you could possibly have. And yeah, not outside to be, someone getting hurt. Not to be funny, maybe the part of the problem was utah yeah the location like you the, people these, weren't flying into utah yeah like the, 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 this is a, there's a certain level of like travel you know there's a, there's a certain level of, of people mm-hmm. you want to travel to this <laughs> we we willingly were just like hey we'll get you in this gifts nah <laughs> like we're cool <laughs> we don't really want to go mm-hmm. And, like, that's part of it. And the NBA has to recognize part of that. Like, they haven't been to Salt Lake City in, in 30 years. They didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be like the Super Bowl where you cycle between, you know, four destinations or five destinations or however many. But you do need to be mindful. It's like what we were talking about earlier. Is this a live event for people to travel to and that's who you're catering to? Or is it a television event? 
Because if it's a television event, you're going to have to fix that product we saw. Mm-hmm. If it's a live event, then you better go somewhere where people will travel to. And mm-hmm. all of your Saturday, your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday events are sold out because that's where your your money is coming but, from. And, well, I also think it's always going to be a television television event first because that's even if you have people traveling, more of your consumers are going to be on TV. So it's always going to be a television product. But what's that, one. what do you guys think about Sacramento then? Because this isn't a destination. This isn't a place where people are going to flock to because oh, it's in Sacramento. So, like, I think that it is good that they go around and they let every city that possibly can, you know, host a game, like, represent. But are, it was like it, 70 I degrees think, on Sunday. That's part of the selling point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, I, I, know it's, I, I know it's 40 degrees today, but. Yeah. Um, but you also have, like, the talk of Milwaukee coming up. Like, NBA circles, very few people want to go to Milwaukee at all. Uh, you talk about Indiana. Again, the building is cool, but very few people want to go to Indiana to go watch a game. So, like, where do we have it? Do we just have it in New York City? When I went, it was like negative 17 and the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. Um, Or or Toronto, like the two years later. Or do you just go to New Orleans every year and and have a good time down there? I mean, like, I, I think it's kind of it's kind of stuck. They're kind of stuck with the product that they have. They got to figure out a way to make it more competitive where you do three on three or you do like smaller games or something. You you have to make it a round robin tournament or something. But what we saw like on on Sunday was I mean, it's just such a poor showing of what your product is. But it's not going to change unless they change the players. They can do three on three. They could do one on one. It don't matter. Like if they don't change, it's not going to change. And that's that's whatever. Right. Like I. I'm not mark I, that down. If they don't change, it's not going to change. That's a well. Look, uh, the most exciting thing about the entire weekend was a G League player winning the slam dunk contest. He's not even in the league. I mean, he's a two way at McClung, but like that was the most exciting thing about the entire weekend. Outside mm-hmm. of that, pretty bad. So, yeah, it wasn't good. No, not good. It wasn't good. Yeah, I, I was. I enjoyed All Star Weekend. So it, I'm, it, I, it doesn't bother like, me. I, I I enjoyed how it is, and there's. I think Damian, one of the things hour and a half later that maybe got lost in what I was saying was like it doesn't have to be better. There's a difference between saying it has to be better and wishing it was better. I wish it was different. Like I wish the game was different. It doesn't have to be different for me to tune in or for me to enjoy it. Maybe for other people. There's like maybe that's, you know, people with the outrage, like uh, they're outraged that it was like that. I'm not outraged that the game was what it was. I wish it was better. I wish it was a better game. I wish they competed more. But they didn't. That's what it is. I'm going to watch next year in Indianapolis. I'm going I'm to enjoy All-Star Weekend, uh, whether I'm there or on TV or whatever the case may be. I'm going to go out on a limb and say me. none of the three of us are going to Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend. Yeah, probably not. So Don't need to go experience the Skywalker what, ourselves. What, one of the things about that, though, is – and this this would be the argument for going to Utah, Salt Lake City, hmm. is I think about this a lot with like 49ers games. Why would I ever else why else would I ever go to Indianapolis? Hmm. And I Except like to travel. That. I sure. like to travel. I like to see different cities. I would never just go on my own. So if I'm gonna go, it would be like, oh, an uh, uh all-star game or the Niners are playing there. Like I'd have a reason to go. But if it was just 
No I, joke him Noah, but I'm not gonna go spend my vacation in Indianapolis. Yeah. So that would be the only reason why I would consider like if if uh they're like, Hey, you guys can go if you want to. All right, well I'll think about it. Yeah, one of my bigger concerns just was just a lack of energy. Like there was no energy there. And, you know, like I, I talked to, you know, guys who went uh today and yesterday at King's practice and they weren't even playing for a sellout crowd. There wasn't even an engagement level, really, to what you're seeing. And, I, I mean, it's what separates it, like, when you cover the Sacramento Kings and things are even the slightest bit good, the fans are crazy. They're amazing. And that's something that I think All-Star Weekend could really use. Mm-hmm. Like, Sacramento gets passed over because of, like, sheer number of hotel rooms. Whatever. Fox stayed 40 minutes away from the arena. Yeah, and they were, there was out there a uh, live shot at the Radisson. Come on, man. When I saw the Radisson, I said, come on, man. I don't want to hear that no more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. They had the Radisson. We got one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if you guys have been to Salt Lake City, I mean, it's kind of like Dallas. Like, downtown Dallas, is everything is, like, not very tall, like, the buildings-wise. Mm-hmm. It's very low-key. It's, it's just kind of plain. And there's nothing super exciting about it. I mean, at least Sacramento has, like, the big river running right down the middle of it that's actually something that's visually appealing. Uh, I guess you can look up and see the mountains and stuff. In, in, Bro, we got in the Utah. beam. That's all that matters. We got the beam. Like the beam for All-Star Weekend. Hell, if they, bring it, if they bring back All-Star Weekend or they bring All-Star Weekend here, we'll bring back Club Rickies. No, we won't. We'll never bring back Club Rickies. <laughs> yes, that's, that's occupied by an entirely different uh, entity now. <laughs> Um, before we get to the Kings and Kings practice and, and, and all of that stuff, uh, today, I'm going to need you to call your boy, Mike Malone, Michael Malone, and tell him to calm his ass down. He needs to stop with this. He's got the top team in the Western conference. He just got done coaching the all-star team. Call him and tell him, bro, look, we get it. You're good. Please stop because now you're just. Now you're just obnoxious. So if you want to step out and call him right now, you can, or you can call him after the show. But I need you to call your boy. Just the sheer pettiness. Uh, it's it's silly, dude. Like it, stop. it is. It like, is. Stop. We're at that point, especially if you're at the All Star game. It's like, why are you even thinking about Vivek Ranadive? At yeah, this point? like you you realistically should be focused on the positivity of of you being there. That your team is the number one seed in the Western Conference, and because it, they're the number one seed, you get invited. To be the coach. That's what you should be focused on. Mike Malone is going to thank yeah. Vivek Ranadive the second they hand him the Larry O'Brien. Like, <laughs> Vivek Ranadive is going to be like the second name out of his mouth. It's going to be Nikola Jokic and then Vivek Ranadive. And, and, and I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to work that into his, his speech yeah, if they ever win the Mike championship. They're going to win the NBA championship. He's like, I'm just so happy for the fans of Sacramento. <laughs> I'm so happy for the fans. Yeah. I'm really happy for them. It, it, you Stop. know what's really crazy to me, too? is that I don't know that Michael, like his vision of what happened and his understanding of what happened, it's never matched up to what I know. I don't think he, because didn't Pete go to work? Didn't they work together yeah. after he left here? Yeah. After but, they both left here? But again, that's that's a farce. Well, it, I mean. And I even, even then, James, tell tell me if if I'm wrong. Like, I know you know this a lot better, but wasn't it, Obviously, Vivek had to sign off on it, but Vivek didn't run Mike out of here. That was Pete, right? Yeah, it's a combination, Pete and and Chris Mullen, and you know it was a power struggle. Like 
Michael Malone and Pete D'Alessandro didn't talk to each other for the final six weeks they were on the job together. They literally did not speak at all. Like we went to to Vegas Summer League for during that that off season between Mike's first and second season, mm-hmm. and ran into Michael and said hi and blah blah blah. Then we ran into Pete and said, "Hey, we we just saw Michael, and you know he's so he's down here." And it's like, "Oh, I didn't know he was down here." The GM didn't know the head coach was somewhere. Like that doesn't make any sense. So the way the whole thing played out was bad. It was ugly. And then even afterwards, there was some horrible play that went on afterwards, where all of a sudden there was a rumor spread that Michael Malone was insubordinate. And that was not Vivek Ranadive calling a media member and saying that Michael Malone was insubordinate during his time in Sacramento. That was very specific people inside the house. And like, so I've always like, I've talked to Michael about it. I've always thought that Michael, like, sure, Vivek's part of the problem in that situation. And he was new. He was just getting, you know, it was his first year on the job as owner of the Kings. But the the real mistake was that Vivek hadn't learned to hire good people that have good motives and put them around you and and have everybody pulling together the same direction, mm-hmm. which is, again, this is, might be the first time right now that we see like relatively clean group where everyone is pulling the right direction together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always there's always a fox in the hen house, Sacramento, <laughs> always. You're better than that, Mike Malone. Let, let, let it go, man. Keep your call. Uh, let's get into practice today um, and last night. I guess the most important note is uh, Malik Monk returned to practice last night, and it sounds like he's he's good to go for tomorrow. Yeah, um, I, I talked to somebody yesterday, and they said that even originally it was a very low-grade ankle sprain and that he's okay. Uh, Malik was pretty clear that he was scared at the time. He thought – you know, that it could be the ankle. Um, a, a lot of people thought it was his knee. Uh, but he said, you know, he was worried he broke it initially. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, sure enough, he he came out clean. And, and you know, he's doing he's doing just fine. He was at practice uh, yesterday and today. Everyone's a little, you know, you take a week off. It seems like it would be great for your body and all that stuff. It is, but it also, you take a week off, you take a week off. And it, it's tough when you're... Uh, you know, an elite level athlete to get back out on the court and kind of get the body going again. Uh, so yeah, I, they're all Uh-oh. healthy. We're setting the table for <laughs> first game back from the All Star break. <laughs> it's, it's like day three of training camp. Day three of training camp is a, you look around and there's like three guys sitting out with gigantic ice bags all over their bodies, and you're like, it's one of those days. Like, were, yeah, it's one of. Were those Domas days. and De'Aaron there today? Uh, they were today. They weren't yesterday. And mandatory, like NBA rules, they don't have to be there until they get an extra day because they took uh, part of the f- uh, the festivities on the mm-hmm. weekend. Um, yeah, so both of them, uh, Fox did work out yesterday with Luke Laux, uh, but him and Domos did not participate in practice. And uh, everyone's back. Everyone's ready. I mean, this is like they're focused. Uh, it- it's a pretty good vibe. They know it, what's in front of them. It sounds like uh... – Everybody's gearing up, Ham. Everybody's gearing up for this final 25 games. And I started the show talking about how I'm excited for this. You know, as, as a Kings fan, it's somebody that's, you know, we've all lived through 16, 17 years of no postseason. We're on the precipice of ending that streak. Ending it right there. 
I think they'll get it done. I'm not here to sound overconfident or anything like that, but <laughs> 25 games up, you're the three seed in the West. Like, you should think, like, hey, we could get this done. But it sounds like the team, listening to Mike Brown, uh, listening to Davion, listening to Malik, those guys, seems like they also understand the moment of, we're, we're here. Let's go get this thing done. And there's a there's an eagerness, at least that I heard, in the voice of those guys um, to, to get this done and, and complete the task. Yeah, I think that there is. Um, at the same time, again, we're in uncharted waters. These guys are, are venturing into a, a realm that a lot of them have not been in or haven't been in this situation for a long time. I mean, Harrison Barnes, what's been like, like 2015 since he's been in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been 16. a long time. Yeah, something like that, 2015, 2016. So some of these guys are are, you know, they don't understand it at all. They don't know what's coming. And another group is like, okay, yeah, we've been here before, but it's been a while. You know, maybe a Kevin Herter who was who is in it in the mix can have some sort of conversation about this, but the rest of them, there's not a lot of experience in it. So I think it's it's interesting to see sort of a team venture into like an area where it's uncomfortable. Like you don't know what's coming from one night to the next. And uh, you got to be ready. You got to be geared up and you have to understand that the focus goes from, you know, like 90% to 98% right now. Like if you're not right there and like almost 100% focused on each and individual play, you're going to have some rough nights down in in the last 25 games. It could also work the other way though. Like you don't know what you don't know. So if you don't know, like, oh, this is pressure filled and, you know, I've never been here. Like, you could be like, it's just basketball when we're all around. No, it's not just basketball. You got an opportunity to change the course of the city. It's not just – It changes the whole course of the city. That's right. (laughs) Let's just – let's hoop. Let's go out there and hoop because they don't – they don't – you don't know what you don't know, like I said. So it could benefit them as well. Yeah, I mean, there's always the possibility. I mean, you just – Again, like when you're you're starting this a season and, and things work out the way that they have so far, um, like the last thing I want to hear is them talk about house money or something we're playing or, you know, no one expects us to be there. It's like, okay, that worked for 50-something games. That's not the case now. Like I, I talked to Mike Brown before. And I don't think players talk like that. Um, Media members might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're you're probably right. Like I think some players are like, oh well, no one expects us to be here, so you know we're we're kind of flying under the radar. It's like, well, I think Mike Brown. I talked to him uh, during the break, and I wrote on it uh, on was it yesterday, Monday, yesterday. Um, he said we're at that point where the hunted become the hunted, mm-hmm. the hunting hunters become the hunted. Mm-hmm. He's like, so we're not used to being the hunted at all. Like we've been hunting wins and we've been doing a good job and all that stuff. But at this point, like there are teams that want the three spot. They're coming for that three spot. And if you slide one spot, there are teams that are coming for the four spot. There are teams that are coming for the five spot. They all see the same thing we do. Like you need to be in six or better to be safe. And so it's going to be a fight and it's who shows up on a nightly basis. And, you know, uh, Mike Brown talked about it today. He's like, you know, people just say, oh, all you have to do is, is go like 12 and 13 and you're in. It's like, okay, we still got to win 12 games. Like, and, and that's not our point of view. That's your point of view. We still have to win those games. And so 
it's it's going to be a dogfight. Don't take anything for granted. Look at everything in five game increments. Stay focused. Get to the end of the season. See where you're at. Go one and zero every day. One and zero every day. Yeah, let's one ride. One and zero every day. Uh, let's ride, indeed. <laughs> but to Kenny's point, do you think they feel the pressure of this? Kenny's like, ah, oh, they don't know. They they don't know what they don't know, which could be the flip side of it. But do you do you do you think they're aware of this? Was that a conversation the last two days? Or is it just bat? We're just talking basketball. No, I I think that they're aware. Like, uh, even Keegan talked about it today after practice. He said, we got a little taste of it those last couple of games before the break. You know, the the two games against Dallas, the one against Phoenix, we felt the difference in intensity. Like, we know that was a taste of what we're going to see in the second half. And, And I think that that's perfect. They actually got a little bit to think about. Because it's one thing for it to be some, you know, some weird idea that's floating out there in space. It's that's purely speculative or, you know, it's something that you haven't faced before. But, you know, it's, it's something that just people talk about. When you get into it and you play a couple of games that have like a really, really crazy playoff intensity, you're like, oh, okay. that Now I get it. Now I, I'm starting to see what you guys are talking about. So I think it's it's really good that they had that and then a week to think about it. And their all-star break was longer than most teams, mm-hmm. which is great yeah. for this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had some bumps and bruises. No one outside of Malik really had a, a major injury that they're dealing with. Uh, you know, the thumbs on uh, Sabonis and Keegan. Um, and again, Keegan doesn't even have to wear a brace anymore. He's all clear. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, this is just, it's not just a time to let, let your body heal. It's a time to let your mind heal, to, like, step away uh, we again we talked to Keegan today. Keegan hadn't seen his twin brother in seven months. Hmm. Hadn't seen him. He's seen him on FaceTime. They FaceTime every day, but they haven't actually been in the room together. He's the longest time before that they'd ever been apart was a week at one point. They had spent like seven days apart. But these are guys that like they're twins. They lived in the same apartment. They went to the same school. You know, like the Morris twins for years share, shared the same bank account. Like these are are guys that have been super close their whole entire lives and then to just not be able to see each other. Like this was a great time for him to get away for, you know, even Fox to get away and enjoy this thing with his, his wife and his baby and kind of take everything in and, and have a moment to catch your breath. So I'm excited to see how they, they bounce back. It'll be cool when Keegan's brother plays here next year. That'll be awesome. Hey, I'm in. We'll step out. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. I do want to bring that 49ers story up, too, and Hammer's a 49ers guy, so I'm sure he has plenty of thoughts on the fact that Brock Purdy did, in fact, not have surgery today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll dive in and get re- ready for Kings basketball. We'll talk about the second part of the season when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. continues streaming live on the odyssey app let's all be like rob w here in the youtube chat youtube.com slash espn 1320 uh let's hit those thumbs up hit the thumbs up uh hit the subscribe buttons as well chatty house is a great way uh to be a part of the show um as you have been uh today uh as you are every single day uh, i'm happy to have our 1320 kings insider James Ham here with us. Before we dive back into the Kings, uh, Casey did want to mention this. Uh, your boy. That is my boy. Yeah. So Brock Purdy was scheduled to have surgery today. It was announced yesterday that Brock Purdy will, in fact, not have surgery 
today mm. uh, due to inflammation. Now, there's nothing uncommon about that. Mm. I'd be a little concerned that the fact that he's still having inflammation from an injury that happened like a month ago, mm. uh, and, he, and, he, and he hasn't had the surgery yet. But I don't know, man. This this this, this got bad vibes to it. This whole Brock Purdy uh, injury thing's got some bad vibes to it. Yeah, I think, I think, and I hope um, this is just the feeling that I get. You know, maybe this is the the uh, pessimist in me in this particular situation. Uh, I hope I'm dead wrong, but I think they're gonna get in there and they're gonna have to maybe do some Tommy Don for Brock, and he might lose uh, the season next year. That's mm-hmm. just the the feeling I get with everything that's going on. Um, I would hate that for him. Um, cause he, man, he had such a, it's not a dream season, but a, a dream moment, I guess, you know, doing what he did at the end of the season for the 49ers and, and leading them to two playoff victories and all that. I, I would hate for him not to be able to come right back and, um, take advantage of that opportunity. Cause I do think he'd be the starting quarterback coming into training camp, but I'm, I'm afraid for the worst, man, for, for him. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, Anytime you're dealing with a surgical procedure on an on an arm for a quarterback, it, it's not a good thing. I mean, whether it's a a shoulder injury or a, an elbow injury, it's really surprising we haven't seen more of these types of injuries. Uh, I, I I see that type of tackle that that on All the, the sack time. like once a week in the NFL, and I'm afraid. I was afraid when it happened to Purdy. Like, oh my gosh, the arm got bent back the wrong way. Like he's gonna need like. Uh, <laughs> Not to be Lekenny here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, he hurt his elbow. He's going to need Tommy John. When he couldn't come back into the game, that's when I was like, oh, he he hurt his elbow. And like you said, we see this like once a week at least, once a Sunday. And I'm glad they don't happen more often, but I'm actually surprised they don't happen more often. It's really strange because, you know, Major League Baseball, we've seen this increase in, in Tommy John surgeries where – you know, half the kids in your minor league system have had Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how, like, the overthrowing at a young age has really eaten into in, into it, uh, into these kids' you know throwing motion and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the NFL and, and the way the football is structured, there isn't you know the sixty, eighty games a year that some of these kids are playing baseball. There's not that many games of football. You know, if you're going to play Pop Warner. You're looking at 10, 12 games. If you're going to play high school, you're looking at a maximum of like 13 games. And sure, you have showing throwing programs and stuff like that that you, you have guys go through. Um, and on occasion, you get the guys with dead arm, which is what happened to uh, uh, Trey Lance during, the, uh, during last summer. But it's not very common. And it, to me, it is very strange that you would think that there would be that these guys are going to camps. They are doing things all year long that you would see more of this uh, repetitive injury. Um, but yeah, it's not great for him. I, I hope it all works out. Uh, Chris brings up a great point here in the YouTube chat. Uh, Kyle never should have had his quarterbacks run up in the uh, run up the middle or drop back to pass. I blame him. Uh, when all else fails, just blame Kyle, blame Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Now, on the flip side of that, RIP. Um, I think Trey Lance is is going to be ready to go. I think he's going to – I think he's – I'm anxious to see the way he plays. I got I got a lot of confidence in the way Trey Lance uh, could play if he gets the opportunity to be the QB1 for the 49ers. We saw him last year, very, very short stint. Um, but in that Bears game, before the monsoon hit, he looked fine. He didn't 
look like a superstar. I'm not saying that, but he looked fine. Um, and in the Seahawks game for a drive and a half, he looked fine again. So I expect more of the same. I think he's gonna he's gonna work um, as the number one quarterback this offseason, Get those type of reps. Be ready to go. You know, I, I think I did see something over the week where I think even I probably like kind of, you know, uh, dismissed the whole arm fatigue thing or whatever that was being reported during last training camp. And I think Trey Lance came out and confirmed that really did happen. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, yeah. yeah, my arm was dead. Like I, I was throwing. I think he said he was he's either throwing every day. And that's why it happened. Or he got to the point where it's like, I couldn't throw every day. Like, I had to throw, I had to take, you know, throw two days, take a day off or whatever, because the, the arm was dead. Mm. So that's something that he probably doesn't have to deal with right now. And, you know, may may affect his accuracy and you know, any velocity they may have on the ball. I'm looking for, if Purdy can't come back and be ready, because make it perfectly clear, if I had to choose between the two, I think Brock Purdy is today is a better quarterback than Trey Lance. But if Brock can't go and Trey's QB1, I think Trey's just going to – I think he's going to play well. I do. They take the job back? It might be the same situation where he's playing. Like if he starts the season and let's just say Brock can't get back this season, it's not a Tommy John, and they're 4-1 and one to start the season, how do you go You don't. How do you go to Brock? Yeah, you don't. He, take, he took the job back. Yeah. He took the job back. Uh, Derek Carr, I, I don't know how I feel about the 49ers this year. Like, they just going to keep winning a ton of games and getting to the NFC Championship? Because there's be no a really good regular season team again. Now, playoffs, you never just one game. You never know. I think they're going to the, – the talent level is, is too much. But they, a got, lot. they got money and they got draft picks. And this, this, this front office has shown they can build a roster. You need ninety-seven healthy for. You need ninety-seven for the whole the whole Absolutely. season. Absolutely, ninety-seven, okay. fifty-four, seventy-one. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, like if well, I mean if I ran, if, but but you played some games without Debo, right? Like you mm-hmm. you went all over the place with quarterback. I don't. I mean, Nick Bosa might have missed one game. I, but he didn't miss many game. though. Yeah. Um, game changer. Fred Warner didn't either. Yeah, like those are those are guys. Ninety-seven, fifty-four. You need those. Two. You can't you can't afford to play without those guys. Yeah. And it's like all right, everything went your way. That way, last year, but need it to happen again. But it went that way for those two. Feels like everybody else around them got hurt, right? Well, but it, you know it, that's mean? right. But the, and and that, but, the game. but that was the point, though. Like you made it work. I don't think you can make it work if you. And if I were to rank them, I would go Bosa first and then Fred Warner. I don't think you can make it work if you lose one of them for an extended period of time, especially ninety seven. So let's flip it, right? All those you guys smack got, it first. <laughs> rub it down. I okay. Okay. All right. Jane, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but uh, let's just say, I, let's say Bosa. I don't want to say season ending. Say Bosa is out for six games. Okay. But Debo don't miss. Kittle don't miss. Trent don't miss. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley don't miss. Whoever Ufanga, like all those guys are healthy. I think you can survive it. Okay. Whereas this year. Bosa was there for all but one game, but they lost Kittle for some time. They lost Debo for some time. I think Trent missed some games, and mm-hmm. they were still able. I think, point being, I think they have, enough talent. Up. they have enough talent around where it doesn't 
torpedo that season. If he's out for the season for some reason, that may be a different story. But yeah. uh, One more other quick note here. This one on Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr, for reasons known to only Derek Carr, uh, has says he believes his free agency process is going to take a long time. Oh, now, I'm going to explain something to Derek. <sighs> Derek is not on a team. He could sign with anyone he wants to. He doesn't have to wait till the new league year. He doesn't have to wait till the start of free agency. This is my guess what has happened in his meetings with the Jets or whoever else he may have met with. Is It's like, yeah, we like you. We're going to talk to Jimmy, too, and we're also going to explore this Aaron Rodgers thing. Mm. So him coming out and saying that my free agency process is going to take a while is probably nothing more than teams telling him, yeah, we got to do our due diligence on these other players, and we can't sign them now. We mm. can sign you, but we can't sign Jimmy Garoppolo right now because he's still a San Francisco 49er. Yeah. We can't open talks. I guess you could trade anytime you want to. You can have trade discussions with the Green Bay Packers anytime you want to or whatever other free agent quarterbacks that might be out there. You can't have those discussions till after the new league year starts. Yeah. So I f- kind of feel like Derek Carr was given the, we like you, but we don't love you. Mm-hmm. From a couple of teams, and so he just kind of has to sit on the sideline till the new league year gets here. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. He's in a weird situation, but if I were him, I would be aggressive. But that, but that's my that's my thing. I don't think he can be because I don't think anyone is like. I mean, I can see why people say I could see why the Saints work. Like I could see why some of these teams work, but clearly they look at Derek Carr like, yeah, Derek Carr is a good option. If option one doesn't work, mm-hmm. and it, I, I'm wondering if the Jets and Saints and some of these other teams, Derek Carr might not be option one. And well, it's wild to think Jimmy Garoppolo might be option one, but we've well, talked about how neck and neck those two quarterbacks are and how they're going to be competing with the same the I think teams. We're going to start hearing teams that, like, really, that have to go sign quarterbacks that. You're going to hear his name floated out more to try to drum up that competition between the other teams. So a team like the Colts, like clearly the Colts are going to be a team that, you know, they recycle old, like bad quarterbacks all the time. Mm -hmm. And you could see them like jumping into this conversation like, oh, maybe the Colts, maybe the Saints. You know, you're going to teams that he doesn't really want to go play for. And with the hope that you can force the hand of somebody that you really do want to play for. Well, the one thing that jumped out to me and Damien, I think you're, you're spot on with your assessment, but when you talk about those teams, at the very least, one of them, maybe the Saints as well, but the Jets can't tell Derek anything until they figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and if they can get him. And I I think, so I guess this is just an annual tradition of Aaron Rodgers holding the league hostage. Yeah. I guess except, it, except this year, he, he held the draft hostage one year. He did held for the draft. like six yeah. hours. It was that an was exhilarating. It that was an was, exhilarating six hours. I also I want to give a shout out to Aaron Rodgers for that day because that day could have possibly dragged. That was an eight hour day, and then he said. Oh, yeah. Then the rumors came out. He's trying to force his way to the 49ers. That got us at least. We two had hours. Trey Wingo on that day, who was part of that story. Yeah, that was that was a good day for that you. That got us KC. at least two hours. Now the thing I'll say though about um, about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and and that whole situation with him is in the past, I feel it's been him trying to hold the league hostage. I think the Packers are sick of him. Hmm. I think the Packers are more open than they've ever been to getting him out of town. And I think that's the difference between 
this year and the years past. You know, it, it really reminds you of the uh, the situation of the other quarterback that we we do not name, uh, and, and Brett Favre. No, but there's he, a couple with with Green Bay. <laughs> you know, when it came to like, is he staying? Is he coming back? Is he is he retiring? Is he going to go somewhere else? Like, um, like to me, I, I I'm kind of over Aaron Rodgers, and I kind of would be glad if he just decided to call it quits or if someone else decided to call it quits for him. Like if the league just basically said, Hey, there's really not a spot for you. And I, you know, you're always going to get paid, but like, why are we talking about, isn't Aaron Rodgers like 39 years old? And isn't he like, I think he's uh, younger than that. Oh, I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers. I think he's 37, 36. Hmm. Is he, is he that young? I think so. Cause he's definitely younger than the Roethlisberger's and the, he will be forty in December. Wow. Okay. Well, what the hell do I know? <laughs> that's Jesus and Christ. that's why I'm like uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be forty in December. December second, to be exact. Wow. That's like Kenny saying the uh, uh, Levine Gordon contest was four years ago. <laughs> time flies by. Well, see, I've lost, we've lost all concept of time. <laughs> we Derek, were on that uh, yeah, Derek Carr's on that flight. That's 31. on the show. <laughs> Derek Carr thirty one, going on thirty two. You know, so. Well, that checks out. I don't know why I thought Aaron Rodgers was only 37 so, and 38. I wonder why. I mean, sure, he's won a lot more, but you put Carr in the right situation, maybe he can be better. I, I don't know. Well, I think the thing with Aaron is you have to have a championship caliber team right now. And your belief is you, you mentioned the other quarterback who should be in jail. That The, the Vikings were a championship caliber team. So they he had to he – he had to go to the Jets first, do that whole like fake retirement thing. Then Got himself go. in trouble there too, by the way. Oh, stunner! Oh, no one talks about that. That's weird. It's crazy. <laughs> weird. All he was we, supposed to do was go there, shut his mouth, so he can get to Minnesota. That's it. And he couldn't stay out of trouble. Couldn't. Couldn't. Yeah, but that's not brought up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 